Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including eBooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello, everyone. This is Nicole Powell, a host on New Books in African American Studies, a channel on the New Books Network. And I'm really honored to be here today sharing virtual space with Dr. Philip Butler and to discuss his newest work, Black Transhuman Liberation Theology. So Dr. Philip Butler is currently the term assistant professor of theology and Black post-human artificial intelligence systems at ILIF School of Theology, and he's also the founder of the Seeker Project, a distinctly Black conversational artificial intelligence with mental health capacities. His work primarily focuses on the intersection of neuroscience, technology, spirituality, and race. And currently, he is working to construct a Black post-humanism that is both critical and speculative in nature. And he's also building a distinctly Black artificial intelligence interface combining machine learning and psychotherapeutic systems. Dr. Butler has an undergraduate degree in religious studies from Morehouse College, a master's in divinity from Emory University, and Dr. Butler did his doctoral work at the Claremont School of Theology, and he is currently working at the ILIF Artificial Intelligence Institute. Thank you, Dr. Butler, for joining me. Thank you, Nicole, for having me. This is, a, this is an honor and a pleasure. Yeah, of course. So just to start off, um, could you tell us a little bit about how you came to write Black Transhuman Liberation Theology? No, that's a, that's a really good question. So... This is actually my, my dissertation. Uh, and so when I was in my coursework and even working um, during my qualifying exams, uh, I was you know, in, in doing my PhD work uh, during the time of, you know, uh, Trayvon Martin, uh, Martin um, uh, Sandra Bland, uh, you know, Mike Brown. You know, so I'm sitting here trying to figure out, you know, how to do a theology that, that speaks to the future of Blackness and, and Black people, right? And and it's one that is particularly particularly disruptive because I initially went into uh, Claremont School of Theology to simply to do neuroscience and spirituality. Um, but uh, as you know, Professor Najiba Saeed says, you kind of you have to do the work for the people that that claim you. Uh, and 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 at that pivot, these pivotal moments, you know, I just, I had to really really rethink the way in which my work was going to be for uh, those folks who who I love dearly in the communities that. That I come from, and and, and hope to, to you know to really really uh, do the work on behalf of alongside with as well. 
And in this current moment where we see the prevalence of white supremacist violence towards Black folks, how does Black transhumanism speak to that or serve as resistance to that violence? Right. Uh, so I think, and so, so even, right, so when, when I started out with neuroscience and spirituality at the beginning, um, and then when I started thinking about the future of Blackness, that's where I started thinking about technology, right? Um, and then and that's where, I, and so all of this started to come together, but kind of at this pivotal moment, uh, we look at transhumanism really as as any, you know, as in a really basic definition, transhumanism is any uh, any use of technology to augment human intellectual, psychological, or physical capacities. Um, and so we could argue on a very basic level that Black folks have been transhuman, right? And the way in which they 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 write, they've been, you know, been they've been writers, the way Black folks have been architects and constructors. And so technology just doesn't have to be seen as, you know, like the extension of like smartphones or, or artificial intelligence, things like that. Um, and so even more so in this particular moment, it's an, ex- it's an acceptance of the way in which technology is not going anywhere, but even more so being becoming uh, progenitors of technology in ways that really allow for us to kind of be leaders in these industries, but also create systems, um, uh, technologically, uh, technologically situated systems that work towards kind of uh, materializing kind of these liberating realities that that shift um, power dynamics and and work against uh, and work to dismantle, disrupt, right, and, and really, really destroy right white supremacy in all of its many facets. And since Black transhuman liberation theology proposes that technology is key to like Black liberation and Black revolution, what does that mean for like the discourse around tech equity and access and if we're augmenting our humanity in order to preserve our human bodies and to, you know, live and engage in, in this in this reality, how do we make tech access more equitable or how does tech equity like fit into that conversation? Right. So this is I think that's a good question, right? In terms of like like I, I hear like three questions about like humanity, tech access, tech access, right, and liberation. Um, and I think the first question, and, I, and this is part of the reason why I, I, I highlight this, like this transhuman, like so in, within trans, this transhuman space, this black transhumanism that I, that we that was working on, um, is really uh, calling into question humanity as like a as a liberative marker, right? So like we've seen that within uh, civil rights movements and, and even and even just like other theological discourses, like there's always been this kind of push towards the. Uh, the work to, to, towards accepting Black humanity or seeing Black humanity as valid, right, and, and giving you know giving credence to the humanity of Black folks. Um, and so, what I'm what I'm one of the things that I'm calling into question is whether or not humanity is, is something that's actually serving us well, right, right. Uh, mainly mainly because if if humanity is meant to give us a, a certain level of protection, but it doesn't, then the question becomes like, uh, why use this? This this linguistic technology, right? Because you know our words become our own form of technology and way in which we understand ourselves and the way we situate our mindsets and our behavior frameworks, so on and so forth. Um, but if we understand ourselves as human, the human is meant to give us a protection, but it doesn't. Um, then why 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 buy into the supposed you know benefits of humanity when humanity is not something that really uh, is 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 something that's an extension of of, of us, right? And it's not to say that black folks aren't worthy, right? And and uh, and, and and you know, and given you know, uh, worth, dignity, and respect. But I think the the important thing to remember here is that white folks aren't human either, right? Human humanity, as we understand it today in our current society, is an extension of white supremacist, enlightenment-based humanism, uh, which pretty much decided created a human 
which is white and male, and, and decided everything else was to be, you know, ordered in response to that that construction. And so, but the, I, the if you look at the qualities of this human, this kind of detached, uh, you know, observer, right? This kind of spirit mm-hmm. or this mind well, that is detached from a body, so to speak. This objective, uh, sorry, this, yeah, this objective observer, right? Then, then you really the white folks ain't human either, mainly because, right, this, this this idea of objectivity doesn't exist, mainly because every time somebody tries to assert any form of observation or even analysis, their 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 perspective, their histories, their location is 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 is, is just all the way through it, uh, and so uh, if the white folks aren't human and, and human humanity isn't serving black folks, then we 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 should really seriously consider. Uh, another type of nomenclature, right? And that's part of the reason why transhuman is like a it's like a place market. Mm-hmm. And so when we start kind of moving forward to to look into the ways in which uh, we start talking about tech access and, and things like that, I think that before you look at tech access, we got to look at the ways in which our bodies function as its own form of technology, right? Um, and so that in itself is particularly important, mainly because uh, if if we can see our bodies as technology, then the extension of our bodies or the augmentation of our bodies, uh, right, or just the enhancement of, of the things around us uh, become a bit more palatable, a bit more, a bit more, um, a, a bit more commonsensical, even uh, if you will, uh, because it's it's an extension of us. It's not to reduce blackness, right, to this kind of uh, mechanistic or even kind of basic biological sense. It's just a recognition that like blackness. Uh, represents kind of an, uh, almost as uh, Andrew Hilly would say, right? This kind of this this potential, right? Um, and this kind of this open endedness, right? So in this transhumanist space, blackness is open, its potential, it's it's infinite in its capacities. Um, and so, and in, in moving into like questions about equity, I think equity um, is is fine and dandy, but I, I think it still places blackness in response to white supremacy, right? It's like, oh, you guys have this, uh, and so please include us, right? right? Please make right. it equitable for us. Which is which still sounds like 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 asking, right? right? And if we're talking about blackness in terms of how Sherman Sherman Jackson looks at kind of black religion as this as this particular disposition that is always uh, working to disrupt and dismantle uh, white supremacy, then uh, we can really we really can't ask for equity anymore. And this is why you know in terms of like the technological space, um, I'm suggesting that that black folks ought to become the progenitors of it, right? And, and, that be, and, this, and this becomes tricky mainly because then where's the money going to come from to fund a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, these endeavors? Uh, and, and so that that in itself is something I think that, that needs to be, the economics of it needs to be reconsidered. Uh, and and I, I think, I think of, I'm thinking about this in some of my current work in terms of like uh, uh, data labor and universal basic income. But needless to say, the idea is that equity becomes a question of the past mainly because um, we're working to create our own systems that that, that have the same, if not that that, uh, that are actually more powerful, right? Because the whole point of it is to re- is to disrupt top power, and so we can't really work to just compete to be at the same level. This has to be this has to be a legitimate competitive race whereby folks are, you know, lo- looking to outdo one another and 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 reach and re um, recalibrate uh, as well as disrupt current you know power structural you know paradigms and and, and realities. Uh, so I, I hope I'm answering your question. <laughs> yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And I think when you were talking a little bit about how humanity is a term that we haven't really had full access to, or black folks haven't really had full access to or haven't had like the full protections and re- responsibilities and like quotation marks rights that humanity provides different beings. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of um, the promise of patriarchy by Eula Taylor and how 
um, even though like she she's using women in Nation of Islam as a case study to describe how like patriarchy, like black women have never had access to the same protections of womanhood yet. Like mm-hmm. we still, we still cling or like want that. We still want that term woman because like we want the protections or like the different things that come with womanhood, despite like it, it existing under like patriarchal violence. And so I think it's interesting because like black folks still do want, like we want the title human, even though that title is like, or that term is like violence ridden. So Mm. I'm just under, I'm just thinking about like what challenges would come from trying to get people to detach themselves from humanity or to see like the violence behind that term. Like, or is that, it's, it's going to be challenging to like encourage people to say like, we shouldn't use this term anymore. So like what challenges can you see arising from that? No, I think, I think at least from a, from a, I think there's a plethora of challenges. I think at least from a theological perspective, right? Humans have a particular relationship with God or at least the divine figure, right? And, and then you could look at this in, in terms of a lot of different like major religions where there is a deity, right? Um, if you go to, you know, the Adam and Eve story, just as an example, right? Um, uh, humans uh, supposedly or man right uh using the language of the text is was created uh, kind of once towards the end but then given authority but then also made in the image and likeness of god and god's self and so the question becomes if we're not human anymore then where do we see ourselves in this kind of you know kind of chain of being so to speak right uh if we remove ourselves from this kind of a uh, seven day creation story so to speak so to speak right uh where do we fit uh, is there are there other are there other kind of cosmogenic myths that we can find ourselves to be a part of, but but again, but then within a predominantly like a still largely kind of Christian or at least Christian based like nation and even like black communities are, are are still you know majority Christian in many ways. You're asking black folks to remove themselves right from the very things that give them an identity, so to speak, right? And so this becomes like a a, a really really big challenge. Uh, and so this, I mean, and so. I think it's kind of what I was moving to in terms of like black vitality, right? It's, it has more of this kind of African centered um, kind of spirituality in its framework, right? And where even questions the necessity of a soul, right? Uh, because if, because uh, vitality is, is, is flowing through the body in such a way that, that, that not only gives life to it, but everything around it. Uh, and so like the, this, this becomes like the, uh, you know, the source for everything. Uh, but again, I think that's, but that's the, I think, but that's the main challenge, like asking folks to relinquish, um, their current relationship with God for a different one. Right. And you could argue that the, the lack of like direct, uh, and even concrete answers, <laughs> well, by talking about concrete, when we're talking about religions, it's an interesting altogether, but the, the, the whole idea is that, uh, folks are invested in this particular structure. Uh, and you're asking them to remove themselves to uh, to the uncertainty of something else that could potentially and seemingly has a, a, a has the capacity to do something different in terms of how they identify the power that they feel like they can assert in you know in the in the in the natural world or uh, in relationship in spiritual relationships so on and so forth. But I think again, like theologically, that's the like, that's the main question you're asking people to detach, even divorce themselves from like the very things that they that they've come to define themselves against, like you know, for, for, right. for several centuries. Yeah. yeah. And I think another aspect of transhumanism that was interesting to me is that it's a biocultural orientation, but it also makes political positions. So it 
takes it, it takes stances. So, for example, you define Black transhumanism as advocating for technology which emerges alongside and in conjunction with the body. So, would someone who mm-hmm. does not align themselves with that still be considered a Black transhumanist? Um, so, I, and so this is this becomes like a sticky, I mean, maybe even a tricky thing because you may not say you align with it, but I ask you that I'm not, I think my, and not you like, per, like, you know, but I, but like the person who, who has, the, you know, this kind of pushback, I got to ask like, then what about your life isn't, isn't technological? Like, what about, what, what about what you engage in is not an extension of you and not, and not you, right? Even if you look at your body by itself, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you have a, you know, you have a podcast kind of app and then there's an app that's attached to a larger, you know, kind of hardware, uh, device, right? Uh, then that device is connected somewhere, you know, whether it be through like internet or you know through cellular uh, cellular data, so on and so forth, right? It's like, what about what you're doing is not technological? Even if you're like, I'm a I'm a paper and pen person, cool, right? You know, it, you're not you're not using your fingernails to like to etch into the paper, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and even if you are, like, that's still that that's that technology that you're using. And so, like, it's I, I think it's just really trying to get people to reframe the way in which they understand, like. Um, uh, their their own existence, right? Because if 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 we are the progenitors of technology, right, then what you're actually suggesting is that life itself has way more potentials than than things being hard and fast and fixed. Technology is not a fixed thing; it's an ever evolving. And I think I kind of use the word co-evolving along with us. And so, if technology is co-evolving, then it co-evolves along with the imaginations of the person or people, right, who are um, who are who are wielding it or who are in relationship with it and so if somebody's suggesting that, that they're not uh that they don't see themselves in this way then I, again i just kind of raise that question like in, in what ways are you not technologically situated already right and i think it helps us to redefine like how we see technology or what technology is because i'm i'm sure a lot of folks probably wouldn't consider pen and paper technology but it's something outside of our bodies that we're using to augment our abilities so mm-hmm. Um, and then an, yeah. another question. Another question I had was: I think when readers who, especially who are familiar with Black liberation theology, who read this, they're definitely going to see or read the cover at least or the title and be like, "Black transhuman liberation theology." That sounds like Black liberation theology. So, I think um, what conversations or what disciplines inform Black transhuman liberation theology, and what sort of thought leaders um, inform inform like the principles of this of black transhuman liberation theology no i think that's fair uh and so i think uh this is a so this is a kind of, kind of constructive work where i piece a piece a lot of things together <laughs> to make to make this right um and so i've i do this with a lot of folks uh in mind but i think a, a saying so in terms of like so we'll start with the discipline so what's disciplines inform this right we have kind of science and technology studies uh we're, we're also looking at kind of uh, uh neuroscience whether it be a little bit of cognitive uh cognitive science as well uh some physiological studies uh, are, are in there uh and then uh then primarily kind of uh, at, at the at the base of it right it's just spirituality studies right and so um we're we're looking we're looking at this combination of of neuroscience spirituality studies black theology right uh and even kind of uh and transhumanist theory but even but i say that 
and I and I let you on a little a little secret, uh, Nicole. Right. So this I I wrote this I wrote this with Black posthumanism in mind. If you if you look at the the, the introduction, right, Black transhumanism rests on the tenets of of Black posthumanism, um, and so a lot of this is still kind of uh, kind of uh, intertwined with like posthumanism and, and process process thought. Right, where you see like Alpha North Whitehead and Monica Coleman, uh, folks like that. Um, and so, in terms of like thought leaders and things like you have, you have those folks. Um, and we we looked at some French Fanon in there. He's he's definitely a, a big piece. Um, in terms of the uh, the science technology studies, um, I I drew heavily from um, um, I drew heavily from uh, from from Barbara from Barbara from Barbara Holmes, right? Uh, and even kind of expanding on what she did it, uh, initially. Uh, with with uh, with joy unspeakable um, to in- include Akasha Hole and uh, Angel Williams and, and just a, a lot more other kind of Black spiritual practitioners, right? To to mix the the neuroscientific, the, actually the neurophysiological, right? With that, and so we we also in terms of neurophysiological stuff, this is Angel Newberg, our religious experiences and and tape. So it's just a it's just it's really just an, an amalgamative kind of move here uh, to really kind of construct. Uh, what it means to to rethink uh, our existence this way. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And I think you were saying that Black transhumanism is like the channel or the means by which we access Black posthumanism. So how does Black posthumanism align with Black liberation and are the two interchangeable? Right, so so this, this, this kind of goes back to, at least in the beginning, right, we talked about um, like transhumanist being a place marker for how we for like right. for what we are right now, right? And so even um, like even like a like a posthumanism is this kind of this final this finally kind of just like saying like you know just put it a, put, put this human thing to bed uh, and even put a lot of like the constraints of religiosity or or uh, religion to bed as well and not necessarily it doesn't it, but it, it, and so I, but I don't want to get it wrong it doesn't have to be uh, atheistic. Uh, at the same time, it's just uh, black posthumanism. It's just it, uh, it it takes it's an acceptance, right, of of like the chaos and the uncertainty, right, and and a willingness to to uh, to trudge through that, and 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 but at the same time, take take these things into account, right. Uh, and so while while I think that that black transhumanism becomes a mo- a way kind of a, a way to to think alongside black posthumanism, black posthumanism becomes a foundation mainly because like if if chaos and uncertainty become uh, a, a basic part of everyday life, then an acceptance of it allows people to 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 move in ways that are, uh, at least I think, right, and that are ways that are that that give folks the opportunity to actually take and take more control over their uh, their situations, and give it gives them the responsibility and the onus, right, to move towards the type of freedom or liberation that they desire in their hearts. And is this something that we all should be striving towards, like disavowing our humanity? Is this something that is across the board for Black folks? For, should white folks be disavowing their humanity? Should other people of color be disavowing their humanity? Um, or is this something? Yeah. That, yeah. 
Yeah. No, no, it's not. No, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, if if I had to, you know, say, put it put together, uh, you know, like a <laughs> like a PSA, you know, it's it's mainly like yo, humanity, um, is a facade, right? Like, and 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 everything is myth. And so, like, if you like, you know, in the in the very end, like the beginning of the last chapter of this of this book, we we looked at um a little bit of like power. Um, and like these kind of these meta ontological uh, frameworks, um, and the, but the but the it came back to the con- the concrete was like with a little bit of Nipsey Hussle, like uh, you know disrespectful and arrogant. Who's going to stop us? Meaning that in, in some ways you got to do whatever you got to do to be like to be the fullest of of what it means to be yourself. And this becomes like and so one thing I didn't mention right was also this decolonial framework this, that kind of undergirds all of this, right? It's like if whoever you are is going to be outside of whatever binary white supremacist heteronormative framework that already exists. Like you're not going to fit in there. There's no way. Right. And so whoever you're going to be, be disrespectful as you can be to this white supremacist framework to, 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 to kind of present yourself in a way that, that not only uh, puts cracks in it, but does not allow for it to, to maintain itself. Right. Uh, and so this, but this, this also comes from a, a, from being willing to really, to really, you know, kind of undo the very things we, that we've wanted to lean on, right? Uh, which a lot of, in many cases, stems from the, the human, the human, right? And the way in which we see ourselves in relationship to it, or at least being it, uh, and, and, but moving on to something else. Right. It's literally like, in the words of Fred Moden, refusing what has been refused to us. So since humanity has been refused to, since humanity has been refused, like the concept of humanity being refused to black folks, we're saying this concept is not something we should align with anyways. No, we, we should not. And, and I think it's just the, oh yeah, it's, it's definitely that, that kind of like intentional and, and persistent refusal, right. To participate. Definitely. And then could you define um, the nine principles that undergird Black posthumanism, or at least some of them a little bit for readers who, or, or listeners who are not as familiar with posthumanist thought? Sure. Let me, uh, let me see off the top of my head, right? <laughs> <laughs> or we can just, I know, living, I know, right? I'm sorry. Or we can just, uh, just the main tenets, the core tenets that undergird this, the Principles, not right, so, like, think, oh, this is a quiz. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, right, kind of a little bit, right? But also, so here we. So I think the main ones, right, is uh, are that right? Uh, nonlinearity, uh, is, I think, is one of the main ones, right? Every like while while things happen in a certain way, right? That the framework that even that you perceive things, it does it does nothing. It, it's not something that is it, it kind of like this kind of the system that is a domino effect. Things are converging, dissecting, uh, converging, uh, dissecting, uh, intersecting, right, overlapping. Um, it's nothing is 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 just kind of uh, things are even circular, right? Things are vertical, right? It's, it's uh, we we can't really rely on linearity in the, to to uh, to provide us some sense of security anymore, right? So nonlinearity, uh, the process of change, right? Um, I think that is something to to always. Uh, to remember, right, in terms of like nothing will ever be the same, even, you know, like uh, as we can, I think you kind of, we look at it kind of on a physiological level, right, every moment uh, that we are, we exist, right, our bodies are responding to certain things, which means that we have different physiological um, 
uh, activities that occur, which means that we're, we're definitely uh, not going to be the same, right? And so, and so I think it, the, the third one, and I, maybe I'll do one more, uh, is that, right, complex knowledge, <clears throat> complex knowledge is important, um, which, which also leads back to this nonlinearity. Uh, uh, relativity, right, is, is not unsubstantial, right? It's, it's everything, right? And what, I, and what I mean by this, right, you could think, you could think of it in terms of, of Einstein, but even, even more so, like you, the relativity is more, is, has more to do with the individual subject or the ind- individual perceiver. And each individual's perspective is definitely something to be validated, right? But also to be something that is to be deconstructed. Like nothing, nothing ought to be to to be able to stand, right? It's, it's kind of uh, puts us in a place where we where we have to where we have to remember that like uh, like everything is nothing all all at the same time. And, and like you could say that like this is like this is this is whimsical and and um, a bit far fetched, but like on on some level, if you continue to break it down, you recognize that it's you know if there's uh, in many ways, particles that just kind of exist, and, and these things all exist together. And but the configuration, right? So I, I think one of the things that we I like to highlight it, um, is like the difference between like form, uh, uh, and, and by that I mean, right? Like so, for instance, you, you may have an animal, say like a dog, right, uh, or a person, and, and in many and historically, there's always been like this. Going back to this chain of being we talked about before, right? Humans or persons are somehow better than dogs. But I think where we recognize, right, that you have human biology, of human physiology, of dog uh, biology, dog physiology, uh, and I think that the betterness always boils down to consciousness, right? And we we can, we, I think the argument has always been that like humans are better because humans make stuff, or that humans uh, can can you know can see themselves and recognize themselves. But all of these things we have to ask, you know, and in what ways has the dog not been doing this? Right, and in what way can we really see that the dog doesn't know that the dog is the dog has a self, or or is the dog even in a, a kind of a Buddhist framework better than us because the dog may maybe if the if the dog can't recognize itself is it better because it recognizes that it has no self, right? Um, but the the whole point is that we can't perceive who we can't perceive anything from anybody else's perspective, uh, and so this this relativity becomes integral mainly because it gives. Uh, others the opportunity to really, really ground themselves in their own uh, uh, histories uh, in location and bodies, uh, while at the same time parsing apart what it means for them to be in that way. And so nothing's static, everything's changing. Uh, and I think uh, the last one, uh, yeah, I'll, do, I'll the highlight is this, uh, right, non-determinism, right, does not negate supernature, right? Uh, that is this idea that just because uncertainty, disorder, and chaos is there, that doesn't mean that there aren't uh, like forces that are larger than us in terms of like. And this is why I was talking earlier to like this atheistic or not. Like just because just because this disorder and chaos, there still could be there still could be deities out there. There still could be there still are, as we know in terms of physics, right, and science, there still are immaterial objects that exist and have real impact on physical objects that exist. And so uh, it's just a matter of recognizing that that we don't know. As much as we think we do, but an openness, right, to to explore in a in a very real way. I have another um, praxis question. So um, okay. <laughs> bring, bring us back, bring us back down from there, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, given um, Black transhumanism's emphasis on augmenting like both spiritual and physical abilities, 
how can we look at mm -hmm. Black transhumanist theology through a disability justice lens? No, I think that's totally fair. And I think this is where like the relativity piece comes in, right? Like it's um, there, there is the the ability to uh, the ability to augment oneself without without creating a new normative framework, right? And it, meaning that uh, this does not necessarily suggest that that everyone ought to do this, or that everyone wants to do this, or that everyone is required to do this. Uh, it is this this goes this. I think that this this gives uh, folks. From differently able perspectives, the the, the the very same level of agency to do this or not, right. and function in which whichever techn technological apparatus or not that they that they want to be that they want to right be uh, to be in relationship with, and so it's just a matter of no matter which which uh, which type of uh, ability one has, it's just a matter of selecting and choosing and then being and then living with the type of te technologies that one wants to be in relationship with. So by no means is this attempting to create a new normative phys phys uh, physical, <clears throat> intellectual, or, or or any kind of able able framework, right? This is this has to do with with agency, right, and and being oneself uh, in this transhumanist uh, space. That's beautiful how inclusive it is, and how it works for every, at, out of lack for a better word, every being, every human person. Um, yeah, no, so I you. Mean, I, Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, all, all I was just about to say is just that I think it's I think it's imperative, right, to to really to really uh, that to maintain like the the space of openness, right? Because I mean, if we if we look at transhumanist roots, transhumanist roots are meant to be eugenic in nature. They're meant to be mm -hmm. they're meant to be uh, uh, pushing towards a particular type of norm of normalcy, right? A particular type of like super super white guy, right? Um, uh, who has like who's a master of 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 all of the elements, so to speak, uh, and you can you could all you could argue right where some folks would say that like Nietzsche uh, is is a part of this art this this in terms of like the the, uh, the Overman, right, <clears throat> and and which which in in his regard it's not entirely like technologically advanced, it's more of a spiritual advancement in, in many ways, but it doesn't always it doesn't always bring itself out there depending upon the trans the, like the the the, the, the modern transhumanist part that it's engaging, like so, if, especially like if it's look the the political movements of transhumanism versus the, the philosophical movements, they're always they're always kind of after this type of posthuman, but a transhumanist posthuman is one that creates kind of a new norm, and is and its experiences are so far vastly different from us because of the enhancements that it has. Like if mm -hmm. if you know if picking up a car uh, is 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 like you know it's like picking up your textbook for them then you know the world is is perceptively right and even kind of sen sensibly different and so it's but again if that's the kind of norm people are after then that does not allow for everybody to make it into this future right so yeah right even like you had a question oh, oh, well, I, well when i was reading the the work just like the human term like how contested it is and how like human is even though like white folks are not at the, they don't align themselves or they don't embody like that term, but that human is so interchangeable with like white man, with literally what you said, like super white guy. It's just like interchangeable. And that's exactly why it's like not a inclusive term. No, nah, not at all. Right. And I think, 
I think it's I think it's it's, it's just again it's meant to be perceived as one. And I think this is you know where like Victor Anderson would would talk about like the like the limits of liberalism, right? Where it's you know we we're accepting you, but only you mm-hmm. that look like this, or even um, even when Kelly Brown Douglas like with it. It would, it, would trip, it would trip me out when she would talk about like the civil, like the civil pamphlets where folks during the Great Migration would get off, would literally get off the train and be handed the pamphlet of like this is how we act up here, this is how we, yeah. you know, this is how we function. Uh, which again, right? If you look at the connect, like you know, like we have civil pamphlets and then we have civil rights, and then we have like black black folks who 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 even to the day when folks talk about like for Cardi B for example, for example, of like the type of the type of woman she is, right? That does not get included, uh, or you know, or or Megan Thee Stallion. These these women don't. These old women don't deserve the same level of respect because right. they don't. They don't always exist, right, within this type of civil code, and and so it's it's still like there's still always going to be gradients of like of man or human, and then like those who exist outside right. of. Right. Yes, I think it is important to uplift those gradients, and like like what you we were saying about Meg Thee Stallion, just how. She, she is like being so unprotected because she doesn't align with like what the protections of womanhood or, or just how people perceive like what a woman should be or how should act or dress. Um, and because of that, like she's not, she doesn't benefit from all the full protections of womanhood. And so many, like yeah. most black women don't, all black women don't access. Those <laughs> things, so. Yeah. That's no, it's cool. and, and, and as I mean, so she's like, you know, and it, and at the, this this Victorian womanhood that gets lifted up, right? That that you you know that you're talking about, right? Is anything outside of that? And that's so why I think um, uh, uh, the uh, transnational politics. I think by uh, uh, Riley Riley Snorton uh, from uh, talks about like these uh, these heteronormative binaries, right? The like the heteronormative man in their binaries, and then like uh, this. The way in which like black women are not only not men, they're not women, and so they're right. at least like three degrees away from it. And then you add like you have black culture, and then you have like you know, so it's it's it's, it's it, to me this becomes like just more evidence as to why like we can't we can't depend on this word because it never like ever was uh, was meant for us. Right, and I think also it's beautiful that like you're making us aware of this gradients, but then you're also like transhumanism is a way for us to transcend the human. So there's a solution mm. that's present in the text too. So it's not just like we're aware of this gradients and we're aware of our position in the gradients and like, it's all so overwhelming and so sad, but there's something that we can align <laughs> towards and strive towards. Um, and that's transhumanism. So it's a definitely a great contribution. Nah, thank you. I didn't even think about this like it as, as being transcendent. <clears throat> I, I thought of I thought of it more like as in a transient. So no, nah, I like that you know, transcending transcending humanism. Um, which, but but in terms of like when you talk about this kind of solution or like not just sad, it made me think about like this. Like I think that's the what what kind of something like theology has to give right to right. Yeah. to these types of conversations mainly because right like like this could easily be like an Afro pessimistic. Kind of discourse, right, or dialogue, um, you know, that just kind of looks at like this is this is it, the social death all over, and the term is not one that is going to provide any type of life for us. But I think the theological term is one that gives it, that provides us a level of hope right. uh, and then creativity to move 
right, and to to reorganize uh, and reconstitute ourselves, right, with these with, in the formation of new systems that can be seen in this way. Right. So um, you conclude the work by considering what the spirituality of revolt might look like in 2030. So why is it important? <laughs> so why is it important to end the work in this way through like this? like low-key, like mini case study or just like more of a praxis ending in that way. Right. Now, I'm so, it's funny, like I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, a couple of weeks back and it's like, um, like it, it, like the, like the theories, well, like without narrative, like theories sometimes just fall, like just caves in on itself. Right. Um, and so like, because we, we don't have a, a pure example of this yet, not to say there's anything ever that's pure, right? Uh, since we don't have uh, like a, a living example of this, we had to create a narrative of it. And so the narrative becomes a way for us to imagine what this looks like uh, in, in environments, right, where Black folks are uh, in the future, in power, and have the ability to exert agency over, uh, over, you know, over their own lives and even influence, you know, influence policy and, and the world around them in a way that yeah, can be clandestine in a way, right? That can be overt, right? Uh, but in a way that just seems normal. Um, and so, no, I think I think the practical piece, right, is just to like, all right, so we we talk all of this trash, use a lot of big words, right? right. So how does <laughs> um, it And so, okay. yeah, but like, what what is it? What does it do? Like, how does it actually? How can it actually help? How can it actually you know help folks materialize these liberating realities that you talked about, right? So this is where you have the character waking up. In like a fully immersed, fully technologically immersed environment, who's engaging in their spiritual practice, um, who is who is engaging in subversive, sub- subversive uh, business practices, into uh, kind of uh, subversive global economic practices, right? Uh, and who is who is also potentially a part of like a like a whole, you know, <laughs> um, uh, what was what I want to use uh, like secret family type stuff, right? Uh, and so you know this this person is 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 making moves uh in a way that is meant to again kind of shift uh, you know the scale or tip the scale right as the roots would say right so um in conclusion thank you so much <laughs> what do you hope will be the scholarly and like and also greater like revolutionary contributions of black transhuman liberation theology so, you're asking me very big questions, Nicole. This is where I, I really, I love it. I love it. Uh, so <laughs> this is a um, uh, revolutionary impact. Well, uh, well, so, I mean, I think if I'm, if, I'm, uh, if I'm clear or just honest about this, I think I'm, that this can be a framework, right, to perceive uh, the world through, right, uh, at the very least, uh, if, uh, if 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 folks are willing to shed shed their humanity right uh, and begin to see their bodies as this kind of infinitely uh, this this or this bed for infinite potential so to speak right or, or um, then right then, then the willingness to 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 move into uh, spaces that were have not historically been for them right because I think also like at, this also has something to, to touch on in terms of like the like the uh, the aversion to technological uh, industries that Black folks uh, have like presently, right? And so while 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 Black folks 
you know, I may have some of the latest tech, right, in terms of like consumer, on a consumer level, right, people, black folks are, are beginning, right, to, to more regularly move into technological roles or technological spaces. <clears throat> uh, and I, I think uh, as a strategy, I think this could be potentially uh, kind of used to, to rethink what it means to be in a, in, a, in, in kind of, quote unquote, the tech industry, right, or even more so, right, just to, to look at what it means to, to be in charge of the, 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 the state of the art. Uh, and to be the ones in the vanguard of what is state of the art, right? And so I think black folks, you can argue that black folks are state of the art in terms of culture, right? But then what does it mean to to be state of the art in terms of like innovation as it, as it pertains to like technology, right? Uh, like internet of things, uh, general, general artificial intelligence that we're still working towards, like quantum supremacy, Right, uh, genetic engineering, like these specific fields. What does it mean for Black folks to be at the at, at, to be at the, the leading edges of these industries, leading these teams, um, uh, and to and to not be like the, the diversity and inclusion people, right? Like it's right. like that. That's that. That's that's not the those. That's not the role. Like that. This still becomes like the equity question. Like the equity. Um, like how do you make this? How do you make this? Like More how equitable. do you make this with me in mind? Right. Right. Well, it's and so it, it, the question becomes not nah, I'm going to make this, and I'm going to have and I'm and I know what it's like to not have be included, and so I I can then make this either specifically for me, right, or I can make this w- w- knowing what it means to to have other people in mind, right, and so kind of in like in Enrique Duceau, uh right, like being able to 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 philosophize and then do work at the from from the perspective of the margins, like you know you have a better idea because you see. Right. Uh, you see what other people don't see. Right? Mm-hmm. You're expert, right? And um, so, no, I, I think, yeah, I see it. Oh, I, it's just that, like, a framework, right, that, that pushes the bounds into what it means to be a progenitor uh, in these spaces. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me this morning. It's been a pleasure and so enlightening to read this work and to converse with you. So thank you again, Dr. Butler. No, no, it's, it's it's been a pleasure, Nicole. Your your questions, like yo, yo, this you really make you're making me think and and, and really draw <laughs> and draw from the well. And so I I really not appreciate it. I-